0: and turn to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 is where we'll be this morning. Doing all right? Everybody good? Nobody's doing well. That's great to hear. Genesis chapter 12, and also I would like to, uh, Rosalie read this earlier today, Hebrews chapter 11. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it for you in just a second here. Hebrews chapter 11. It's a faith chapter of the Bible. It talks all about faith, we see this. In verse 1, as Rosalie had read, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And, and he goes through, and the writer goes through all these different people, Enoch, all these different people who had faith, Noah. In verse 8 it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out, out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. And so many of us, we kind of we kind of look like Abraham. We don't really know where we're going. Even if you think you have a really good idea of where you're going to go in 2018, you really don't. Because who would have thought all the shenanigans that happened in 2017 would have happened, right? <laughs> 2017 was a year. You think about that. 2018, you, 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 could, you could have an idea of where you're going. But who knows where you're going to end up at the end of this year? I have no idea. I mean, life is just like that, isn't it? You just don't know where you're going. But see, the Bible tells us and commends us to, that while we are in the flesh, while we're in this tent of the body, that we walk by we walk by faith and not by sight. There's a man I want to com- commend to you, a man named Abram, who becomes Abraham, that we're going to look at in Genesis chapter 12 this morning, who knows what it means to walk by faith. And in this time of year, we're all thinking about the new year, the new May. Are you doing that, anybody? At least a little bit of, of it is like you take when a new year happens, you take a little bit of like self-inventory. Okay? At least I do. Maybe you don't. Maybe I'm projecting my stuff on you. But I think about, man, where would I like to be when when 2019 dawns? What changes do I need to make? I ask myself some questions. Right? Have I accomplished what I want to accomplish? Have I? Where am I? Do I need to lose some poundage? Do I need to, get, you know, gain some hair? That doesn't usually happen, okay? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? What do I need to put into my life? And I want to ask this, and since we're in introspection mode, at least this is the time of year for introspection. I want to I want to pose to you three questions that are going to guide our message today, okay? And the first one is this. Do I have faith in God? Do I have faith in God? And I want us to think about, because initially many of us are like, I do. But I want us to really think about what faith is, and want to look at in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. You, You awake out there? All right, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 says this. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and to him who dishonors you I will curse. And in, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Some big stuff. Verse 4, so, so Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Verse 7, I want you to make note of this verse, okay? We're going to come back to this. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. For there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the east and Ai on the east on the west I'm sorry I said there at right, Bethel on the west and Ai on the east and there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord and Abram journeyed on still going towards the Negeb now there's a lot of names in there a lot of different places but here is what the, the major facts are. Abram was in this land called Ur, okay? It's, it, it's, it's far out there, and he moved from Ur to, to this other place named Haran. Haran is probably in, it's close to about 150 miles south of Baghdad, where now, that, that, modern-day Baghdad. And then from there, God meets him. He doesn't know a whole lot about God. We have, we have all the suspicion in the world from where he came from. that He didn't worship the one true God, but the one true God comes, and he speaks to him he says, I want you to leave everything you know and follow me. And you do that, you're going to be this blessing. I'm going to make your name great. People hear about you. They're going to bless your name. I'm going to also make you a blessing to all these people. But you need to go and follow me. Now, if we see here, and the Bible talks about this regularly, that Abram believed God and it was credited to him to righteousness. We see that in Genesis 15, verse 6. And so here's what I want to get. Belief is not hope in faith. Because here's what we usually think faith is. Just gotta keep, it's, it, it's, it's akin to, most in our culture, it's akin to just, just keep a stiff upper lip. Just keep that chin up. Things will work out. And again, when we just say that to people, we are lying if we're thinking that things are going to work out by themselves in this world. What would lead you to think, and I've said this so many times, but I want you to really think about it, what would lead you to think that positive thinking can affect anything? Last night, the Tennessee Titans, they believed they could beat the New England Patriots. They had a positive image going into that. They did not do so. But they really believed. Faith and faith can't make things happen. Faith in God is different. And the Bible doesn't call us us to like, man, I just really hope, gee willikers, I hope things work out just fine. That is not faith in the Bible. Faith in the Bible rests in the person of God. And so who appears? God shows up in this scene. Why Abram? Because God decided. And he's got it. He's smart. He's the infinite intellect. And so he came to Abram, and he said, Abram, I want you to leave your father's house and, land, and go to this land I will show you. And here's the good promises to you. I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And, and to him who dishonors you, I'll curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So here is Abram. God gives Abram a promise. And so here's what he does. Faith is believing what God said. Just want you to get that faith is believing what God says. It's not necessarily a positive disposition towards life. It's not God does not necessarily even bless the amount of faith you have. In fact, the Bible says if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. The the, the thing that the Bible's pointing to when it talks about faith is not how much you have, but it's who your faith is in. And God appears and God's going to show himself to Abram. at this point, you want to see this. Do I have faith in God? Do, do I have faith? Many of us have this kind of generic faith that, yeah, I think things are going to work out. No, 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 no. True biblical faith is believing God, and it's evidenced by obeying him. Because you know what Abram does? He goes. This would have been like the shortest chapter ever. Abram's like, no thanks. No thanks. And then that would not be good, would it? That would be bad news. It would be a short story. It would be over. We'd be out of here. All right, Abraham, no faith. Don't, do the, don't be like Abraham. See you later. You know, um, you know, don't forget to uh, give somebody a high five on your way out. That would be what, what it would be. But what happens? Abram, verse 4, and this is super important. Abram went out as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. I want you to get this. Abraham, it talks about this later in, in Genesis chapter 15. Paul would mention it in Galatians and in Romans chapter 4. That Abram was made right with God and was counted righteous before God because of faith, not because of his works. However, James would point this out. True saving faith puts your trust into action. And that is what we have here with Abram. He believes God and know what it does, it changes his actions. And so I'm asking you, do you have faith? And when I ask, do I have faith? I mean, do you trust God and do you follow God? That's what real faith is. Because faith results in following. So when I ask you this question, I'm asking you about obedience too. Not that obedience saves us, not that being good saves us. No, 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 no. It's all God's work and believing in his finished work. It's God. You focus on God, but it results in difference. So the question is, do I have faith? Am I walking in this? And I want you to know something, and you need to hear me on this. In walking by faith, there are some certainties, but there are many ambiguities. Let me say that again. In walking by faith, which we're called to do, just like Abram, in walking by faith, there are some certainties, but there are many ambiguities. Now, I hear this all the time. We got to go to, we got to go to Passion Conference last week, a couple weeks ago now. And we got to I took uh, we we took a bunch of college age kids and they went with us at, to to passion and we got had many conversations driving around. Um, it was a lot of fun, and some of the conversations, and here's here's a lot of them. Man, I know what I want in my life, but I don't know how to get there. I know I, know, I know I want to be married, but I don't see any prospects. I know I want to do this in my life, but I don't see how it's going to work out. And what that creates in many people is an anxiety. Amen? Okay? You thinking about that? Have you ever been there? Or you think, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't, I don't get it. And then you go to this place and you're saying, because of the ambiguities, I'm like, I don't have faith. I want you to get this. Faith has some, some certainties, but it also has some ambiguities. Because if you got the whole story laid out for you, how God's plan was going to unfold, that wouldn't be faith. That would just be fatalistic. That's not how God works because he works in us and in and, and moving us through the things that come into our lives. But I want you to know something. I want you to notice in Abram there's some certainties, okay? Some certainties. Here, what are the certainties in Abram's life? First, and they all relate to God, okay? Certainties in life relate to God. Ambiguities relate to all the particulars, okay? And so here's what some of the certainties that he had. First off, the Lord had spoken. I don't know how he knew I don't know how he got to that place, but the Lord spoke to him. I don't know if it was audible. I don't know if it was in the dream. We just know he spoke, okay? And obviously he sometime somehow the Lord communicated with Abram and then it said this it said the second thing that, uh, that Abram had to do was to leave your father's house and go to a new land so that is a certainty God said this the Lord's speaking and here's what you're supposed to do leave the next thing God says I'm going to bless you and make you a great nation so the certainties here in Abram's life were this that if he followed God these things would happen he'd be a great nation and other nations would bless him but here's all the ambiguities and there are a lot of them the amb- ambiguity has to do with our particulars and so here's what he says, or here's some of the ambiguities. Can you imagine Abram probably when he heard the voice or he heard God, can you imagine he asked this question, is that really you, Lord? My little boy had this toy. Thank God it's no longer in our house, okay? It was this storybook that you put a cartridge in, and it was from Elmo, okay? And Elmo's super cute until it's the middle of the night, all right? What happened with this toy, bought it at a yard sale, and I know I was in a yard sale. It was, like, cursed, okay? And so I'd wake up in the middle of the night, amy be like, did you hear that noise? And I said, I, I, I do. We well, you going to go check it out? No. You're the man. Go check it out, okay? And so pajama-wearing, back-gripping what's happening in the house. And so I go, and I sneak into the other room, and there is a red glow coming from the toy area. Am I lying, Amy? Because she's right there looking like, go kill it, Okay? And we kept hearing, ha, 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 and as we get closer, because <laughs> it's a red glow emanating from the ground. It's scary, okay? All right, I got faith. All right, I know God's got this. I know he's in control, but that's scary, red glow coming from your floor. So I got the bat, and I out of the way, and then it lights up, and I can tell it's Elmo. Elmo wants to play, and I'm like, that's so scary. Could you imagine just for a second when God spoke to Abram No, without any context? <laughs> is that you? I, I imagine there's a little bit of that, a little sanctified imagine, imagination here. He tells him to go and leave his father's house. He tells him to go to the land I will show you. He does not give coordinates, address, GPS directions, quest is not in sight here. What does he say? I want you to go to the land I will show you. So the questions are, the ambigu- ambiguities of life are, hey, where are we are going? God doesn't say. The other thing is, how long was it going to take to get there? God doesn't say. He just says, I want you to trust me and follow me. The other thing he says, and notice this. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation, and through you, all the people of the earth are going to be blessed. And I want you to notice something in verse 4. When Abraham left, it notes his age. Just get this for a second. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed Haran. Not too many 75-year-olds starting families. His wife's barren. It's not till many years later that they would even have the hope of a promise, and the Bible even says that, hey, it's impossible. Just read a biology book if you don't catch my drift. And so what he does, this is, this is amazing. The ambiguity comes even to this point. How are you going to fulfill this problem, God? I'm ancient. My wife's ancient. The baby factory is closed by all natural, natural processes. How is this going to take place? It seems impossible. So I want you to get this. Faith is not the absence of ambiguity. It's the trust that God has it and that he's big enough to fulfill his promises. And Abram hasn't been exposed to too much of God. In fact, the first time we see him being exposed to God is here in this verse, and God comes to him, and he may be like, Elmo, who is this? Okay, I'm so afraid. Who is talking to me? And so God speaks, and he says all these great promises, and what happens? He trusts God, not because of a lack of, not because of, a lack of, of particular. Or he trusts God in the face of not having all the particulars. So I want you to just think about this for a second. Will you trust your unknown future to a known God? I mean, just say this. Do you have faith? Is your faith, if you have faith, you're obeying. Secondly, if you have faith, you're not going to be sidetracked by not knowing all the particulars. You're going to know the certainties which is that God is faithful to complete his, and to, to fulfill his promises. There are many who want to lie to you and say, when you follow God, you'll be ha- happy, healthy, and wise. No, if you follow God, you'll get to know God. And all of his promises are true. God is better than the best thing on this earth. And so here's what we have here. I want to ask this question, really, do, in, this, in this time period, I want you to say, do I have faith? Do I have a faith that obeys? And do I have a faith that trusts God, that not knowing the particular? I don't know what waits for you and, or us as a church in 2018, but I am certain of this, that God is sovereign. He is working for our good. And through all of the times he's communicated to us in his word, he has never let any of his promises go unfulfilled. Not a one of them. Do you have faith? Second question, Well, I admit that faith involves movement? Let me say that again. Will I this year, do I have faith? Second question, will I admit that faith involves movement? Faith rarely involves standing still. There's always a call to move forward. Here's what we like the, the book, of the, here's what we like. We would like all the promises without all the trusting. Okay? So let's do this. Let's say this. In, in, all the promises start in verse 2 for Abram. Okay? And all these sound good. All right, and a lot of people just focus on the promises and not what it takes to, to to walk into the promises. So if if we were just at a place that that wouldn't tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, okay, and we just wanted to give make you feel good and get all pumped up and like flip some towels around and get jacked to go woo, okay, and leave like woo, okay, just super pumped up without the whole balance of truth. Here, here's what we do: we just say God's going to make you a great nation in verse two. Oh yeah, and He's going to bless you, and you're like oh hallelujah. Counting the paper and make your name great. Oh, people are going to know you. You're, you're going to be following on Facebook and Instagram. People are going to think your life is great when they see it. They're gonna, you're going to be eating organic. You're going to be packing your kids' lunches with themes. Oh, going to make you a great name. And so this will be a, you're going to be a blessing to people because people are going to see you and be like, oh, how blessed that person is that they can do that for their family. Verse 3, oh, and I will bless, you. I will bless those who bless you. So if you think I'm great, oh, Lord, you're going to be blessed. But if you're a hater, you're going to get it. And verse, verse 3 goes on, And to him who dishonors you, I will curse you right. Yes, Lord. Amen. The promises are true. If you hate on me, God hates on you. <laughs> Whoo! You're getting jacked up in here. And in you all the families of earth should be blessed. That is right. Come and see how great I am. Now, If we take all those promises without the condition of faith, we miss it. Because verse 1 happens before verses 2 and 3. Verse 1 says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And then if you do this, if you trust me, I will do this. because we don't like the part of leaving your father's house and moving see many of us are addicted to the status quo and we are we feel like we have arrived and that's why when something bad comes into our life, we're like, why, God? I'm doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, I'm at church. I'm doing these things. I don't understand why you would bring this into my life. But I want you to know this. God works and uses circumstances in our life to grow our faith. And I want you to see this Faith rarely involves standing still. There's always a call to move and follow God. Some examples, Abram had to leave his family and go. Moses had to leave his life of anonymity, a life away from the his crimes in egypt he had to leave that to follow god to move god's people out of egypt god's people in egypt even though they were being burdened had all the food that they could handle okay and here's the thing when they got out into the wilderness god called them to move out of egypt into the the desert going towards the promised land and when he did that to them they were complaining at least we had food in egypt god you remember that in the Bible. So what happens? God called them to move. Here's the next thing. When Jesus in Mark chapter 1 comes to his disciples, who, some of whom their whole livelihood is fishing, you know what he says? Come follow me. They had to leave behind that to follow him. And even some of you who are real Bible scholars are saying, well, not always is movement required because in Acts chapter 1, what happens? God's, Jesus tells his disciples to wait in Jerusalem. Ah, oh, you, you're calling us to move. But Jesus told them to wait. He told them to wait till what? Holy Spirit would come. When the Holy Spirit would come, you know what? Then they'd be empowered to go. So I want you just to get this. Faith rarely involves standing still. There's always a call to move forward following God. Where you are is not where you should be. God is calling you. If you are his, he's sanctifying you, which is making you more holy. He's moving you down the line status quo where you are. You have not arrived because you are still on the earth. We will not arrive until we were with Jesus and there is a new heavens and a new earth. We have to keep moving forward in faith. Faith rarely involves standing still. And why do I say this? Will you admit that faith involves movement? Because if you admit that faith involves movement, you know what it's basically saying? I have to move if I'm going to follow God. And it's costly to follow God. I want you to note this in this passage. Faith isn't easy or comfortable. The call of Abraham in verse 1 is this. Now, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and leave your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. If you bump up to, to Genesis chapter 11, there is one of those great things that we love to talk about in the, in the Bible called a genealogy, which is like, this person got this person got this person got this person. Okay, it's basically like a family tree in the Bible, and you're like, when you read those, you're like, no! When that hits your Bible reading plan, I guarantee you, this is what you do. Even those of us who are real sanctified and know that God is working, all Scripture's inspired, when we get to that, we're like, no! Oh. Good devotion, you're like, What has God got for me here? If you go look at this, Abram comes from very strong family ties, and God shows up on the scene and says, I want you to leave them. I'll never forget when we left Panama City, Florida, in a moving truck. At this time, I couldn't afford a Penske, so I went U-Haul, and U-Haul is dangerous. They could catch fire at any moment. If you work for U-Haul, my apologies, okay? But it's true. <laughs> okay, we got we got all of our stuff in this big U-Haul, and we drove it to from Panama City to Louisville, Kentucky. What was I thinking? I wrestled with God. I'm like, beach, Louisville, Indiana's touching it, okay? No, sorry, but it's true. People don't stay in Indiana. You know where they go? Not Indiana, okay? I love you if you're there, okay, I love you. Panama City, Florida, Louisville, Kentucky, sunny, death, okay? (laughs) The sun shined in Florida, the sun never shines in the Midwest in the winter, okay? It just doesn't. i would never forget when we shut the door to the U-Haul and locked it and started that way, how much fear was in my heart, and how much hassle it was to move, and how much we didn't, we went without jobs. We went because we felt God calling us to prepare more for the ministry. And I look back now, it was not easy and comfortable. In fact, God uses these times in our life of walking in faith to move us, to make us who we are. And He's done it so many more times in my life because, you know, I think I'm addicted to ease and comfort. I like that hassle free thing. You ever notice that every product that's on television is trying to rid your life of hassle? Like, I was in, and if it says as seen on TV, I'm, I'm drawn to it. I was in Fred's the other day, this dollar store down here, and they had an as seen on TV thing, and it was a make your own bacon bowls. And I was like, I need that in my life, which is wrong. I don't need bacon bowls. Who needs a bacon bowl? You don't need a bacon bowl in your life. Because you know what? Bacon's fine however it comes to you, okay? It's delicious. It could be chopped up. It could be diced up. It could be thick. It could be thin. Bacon is amazing. Why bowl form? But some part of me was like, I need to buy that. And it was on sale too, which is even better. Like, it's cheaper. And I, I was like, this is I, I knew if I came home with it, though, I'd be like, I got bacon balls. My wife would first be like, Why? Cause this is gonna make our bacon bowl making easier. <laughs> it's so dumb. You don't need a bacon bowl. Just make bacon. Why would I I just need to make my life easier so I make the bacon bowls? I want you to do this. In our search for ease, we forget that God works in our difficulties and he works through trials and tribulations to make us who we are and who he wants us to be. We don't want as seen on TV lives. We want as God makes and works in us lives. So I want you to see that it was costly and uncomfortable for Abram to follow. He had to leave, it was costly because he had to leave his family relationships. And this wasn't like, back, like, like today where you can Skype or you can FaceTime. They had to go, and he walked to go to the place he went first, which is in Canaan. It was, about three, it was over 300 miles. He had to walk with everybody. So it was likely he would never see any of his family relations besides the one he took with him ever again. And for a person who is super family-oriented, like they would have been in the Middle East, this was hard to even fathom, to never see them again. And so secondly, I want you to know this, that faith is costly but f- and faith is difficult. I want you to know this. Notice in verse 4, <laughs> this is great. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And then it goes and starts who went with him. And Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So this is not easy because he's also older. Okay, And when you get older, you get more set in your ways. Here, this is free. This is free. I've seen this so many times. Do not get set in your ways. You know why? Because if you do, you're going to miss God. You know why? Because God is moving you. He does not want you to be where you are. So if you're starting to get set in your ways, do some things to not get set in your ways because it, if you start getting set in your ways and certain things in life, it will affect you spiritually. And You know, like, I can't do that because I have to get up and have a bran muffin at 645. And if I don't do that, everything is just off kilter. Don't move. God is calling you. Okay? That's free because you've heard this and you hated this. We've never done it that way. Oh, Really? You imagine the person that came up with the cellular phone. We've never done that that way. We have cords that connect us to phones. You people with cellular phones. Disgusting. We've never done that that way. And now the only thing we do is like You see what they posted on Pinterest? I should make that recipe. You hear me? Never done it that way. God is moving you. Verse 5. And Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother. And notice how many people go with him. And Abraham took Sarah his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And if you go on and look, it's a ton of people. It's a big caravan. They don't have a U-Haul. They got camels and donkeys and people carrying stuff. And they're going to walk 300 miles with all that junk. And that doesn't even start. That's the first place they pinch their tits. And so here's the, here's what they go on from there. After they, after they put up the tents okay after they do that then they end up in egypt and they're moving all around all these different places and they're carrying their stuff everywhere they go we want a hassle-free life god rarely works our lives in the hassle-free times he usually works in these other times and so i want you to get this why do i say you have to admit that faith involves movement because it's hard to admit Because here's what I want to say, Lord Jesus, I'll follow you anywhere as long as it's my comfortable place at church that I don't have to do anything. But listen, amen back there. (laughs) Lord, Lord, as long... As long as I just get to do exactly what I want to do, I'll trust you. As long as you bless me, I'll trust you. As long as I don't have to move and I get to be comfortable, I will trust you. I have faith. And when you admit that faith involves you moving, you put yourself on the hook to be inconvenienced and uncomfortable. So do you have faith in God, resulting in obedience? Will you admit that faith involves movement. And if you do these things, I will ask you, will you be so bold or will I be so bold as to say, Lord, yes, Lord, move me. I want you to just repeat after me for a second. Yes, Lord. That was hard for us, so let's try that again. Yes, Lord, move me. Yes, Lord, move me. If you get anything, here's what I want you to get. That faith does involve movement. And we must say, yes, Lord, move me. I believe you. That is a dangerous phrase, though, because of what I just pointed out. If walking by faith is costly and difficult, and it is, and requires movement from your status quo and your comfortable place, which it does, then why on earth would I say, yes, Lord, move me? That sounds like signing up for a marathon, like something I don't want to do, (laughs) okay? I would like to to run 24.2 miles, said no one ever, except for a few people that glutton for punishment. If you do that, God bless you and keep you. Why would I sign up for that? Because if you do not say to the Lord, yes, Lord, move me, you will miss out. You will miss out. <laughs> we had, we, I had some friends. Just one, well, my roommate in college, and I. We worked in a church together in Panama City. We we were just best pals, and then our, we got married, and then our wives became best pals, and we hung out with each other all the time. And they were the first people in our friend group to have a kid named Landon, and we did the thing where we'd make Landon go to bed, and we'd all hang up, hang out afterwards. And Landon was so worried that he was going to miss out on some really fun stuff. But if you know Dan and I. <laughs> they did the kid really did miss out. Usually when the, the kid would go to bed we'd have marshmallow shooter wars. And you could see that you could all and sometimes you just see Landon's face at the door like, What is happening? One time we decided to build <laughs> this sounds weird, okay? Just it is. We took you know, like that, that sheeting you lay down on the ground to cover your house, um when you're painting. We took that, and we attached it to a box fan, and we blew up this giant tent using the box fan. It was amazing, okay? And so we and we made this huge tent, and we're hanging out, and we're playing video games in the tent. Our wives looking at us like, you guys are dumb, but we're going to get in the tent too, okay? And so we had this big tent, and Landon comes out. It's like midnight. He's like what's going on? We're like, go back to bed. (laughs) He has to walk back to bed. And he's like, I'm missing out on so much. And so here's the thing. I think that that is what God is here. If you don't walk in faith, you're missing out on so much of who God is and so much of what he can do in your life. And so I want to call you to this, and I want you to notice something. Here's what you'll miss out on. If you look down in verse 7, after he's left, After he's walked, they end up in Canaan, which is going to be the promised land. Verse 7, it says, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I'll give this land. First off, remember the Lord spoke, and now what happened? The Lord appeared to Abram. So now he's got a communication, revelation. Now he's getting to glimpse God. I don't know exactly what that took for him, but he had to be impressive and amazing because the altar was built to acknowledge this great thing had happened that the Lord had met with him here. And so we have this, the Lord appeared to Abram and he said this, to your offspring, I will give this land. Now, Abram would never possess this land and he would never see, while he's on this earthly venture, he'd never see his descendants own the promised land. He'd never see it. But he got a glimpse of what the Lord would do. And I wanted you to know something. The book of Hebrews talks about it. He died not having received his promises in full. He died in faith, believing in a city that was to come, believing that God's presence would be fully known one day, and he died in faith. Hebrews 11 says that. So what I want you to get here is that it's better to live your life getting glimpses of eternity and God's goodness in the world than not knowing it at all and being separated from him. Would you hear me on this? Abram never possesses all the things here. You're never meant to have everything you want here because this world is not enough for you. You were created for eternity. You're created to know God. You were created for Him, and you're going to be restless until you have full satisfaction in Him. And the creation's going to groan for redemption. That's going to be how it is. But when we follow God in faith, we get glimpses of him, windows to eternity, windows to God's goodness in the now. And that's exactly what happened here, is that Abram got to be with God and got to glimpse the future of the promises. And what God has for you is better than what you can imagine. God, if you, if you, met, you will miss out on glimpses of what God is doing if you fail to walk by faith. Secondly, you miss out on being a conduit of blessing. I wanted to notice this. If you go back up into verse, into verse 3, it says this, that all the families of the earth will be blessed. How are all the families in the earth blessed by Abram, who becomes Abraham? Well, here's what happens. Through his descendants, God is going to bring about the Christ, who is Jesus, the one true Son of God. In fact, if you look in the Bible, most of the time in the New Testament, when Abraham's mentioned, it's mentioned that if you're in Christ, you're a son of Abraham, which is amazing As you get engrafted here. We're not even Jewish, but through Jesus, we get to be engrafted in. I'm just as much of a son of Abraham as anybody has ever been because of faith in Jesus Christ. And so here is what happens, that we have become, through Abram, we have this blessing of Jesus Christ. And through Christ, we come into the family of God and into Abraham's lineage. And then from that, we get to be a blessing to the world through God. It's like your life, if you walk in faith, will be a blessing. How many times have you seen somebody and marveled at their faith? I know several people who I see how they pray, and I'm like, man, what a blessing they are to me, how they pray for me, how they seek how they helped me, encourage me in my faith. Think about those people who've taught me the scriptures, those people who've faithfully pastored, those people who've faithfully done things like that. They have blessed me in such a great way, and they've been a conduit of blessing. And so here's the thing. You were created by God for God's glory, and through your faith in Christ, God can use you to bless other people through knowing him and seeing the glory of God. So when you walk in faith, even in your trials, and you keep your eyes on Jesus, and you keep following, you keep being moved you get to be a blessing that points everyone to jesus so we're all a part of this big story that makes much of god and you'll miss that if you don't walk by faith remember the line in the lord of the rings this is getting super nerdy here but follow me for a second it's the very beginning of the fellowship of the ring and gandalf the wizard shows up talking to a little hobbit named frodo i'm getting super nerd up in here follow me i promise we're gonna go somewhere with this And he said, Frodo says to Gandalf, we were well thought of before you showed up. We we never had any adventures or did anything out of the ordinary. And sadly, that's how most Christians live their life. We were real safe. We went to church, we prayed. Our our lives were just, just safe, nerf ball lives. God's not calling you to that he's calling you to faith. He's calling you to follow him. He's calling you to something greater. And it may be that it is in the mundane that he does something greater, but you will be moving. It might be in your house. It might be those things that God does something great, but it won't be that you stood still. It would be that you followed him. And God could get so much glory out of your life. He deserves it all. You'll miss that. You'll miss being a conduit of blessing like Abraham if you don't walk in faith. And finally, you'll miss out on knowing God. Now, you might have intellectual faith. Intellectual faith believe, believes all the facts. Intellectual faith, to a certain degree, may be enough to, to move you on towards a, a slight exper- experiential faith, which is what we're talking about here, which is a salvation. However, I want you to know something. There is a difference between intellectual faith and experiential faith. What do you mean? There's this place in Orlando, Florida called Disney World. Have you ever heard of that? And there are some people that are addicted to Disney World. A lot. But there are some people that are addicted. Like, they know all the secrets. They know, like, there's a secret passageway to certain things. And they know how to get into a part of Cinderella's castle. Some of you are like, "Ah, that's me. Okay? You're like Disney fanboy, fangirl. Okay? Now, let's take somebody who's on the other side of the country, okay? Maybe even on the other side of the world because you know a lot of people come from foreign countries to go to Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and they think that's what America's like is Orlando. Okay, so I want you to think about this for a second. There's a person who is a, lives on the other side of the world and they're a Disney fanboy or girl. And what do they do? They memorize the maps to all of the parks. They know all the s- twists and turns for space mountain they know when space mountain was constructed they know about the dumbo ride they know about all these different things they know what food options are available in each of the parks they know all of that but have they ever been to disney by reading the books going on the internet do they really ever know what disney would be like until they paid their money bought their ticket went to orlando went to the park would they ever really know it the answer is no. They know all about it, but they didn't know it. And I want you to get this, that Abram hears from God, believes God, and then he experiences and sees God in verse 7, because the Lord appeared to him there. And if he had missed out on walking in faith, he would have missed out on knowing God. And, and you're going to watch this. God, Abram understands more who God is as we walk through his life. He sees as he walks through God in difficult situations, as he walks through God when, when Sarah can't get pregnant, when he walks through God through bad decisions and lack of faith like he does in Egypt, and like when, when he decides to sleep with Sarah's Sarah's maid because God was not fulfilling his promises like he should. God was there. God was working to bring him back. Would he, be, would he, would he know God as well if he didn't have to sacrifice Isaac or at least, at least be willing to do so and then God providing another sacrifice would he have known God the same way the answer is no and I want you to get this unless we walk with God in faith we will not have the joy and benefit of seeing and knowing who God is in the moments and in our experiences a guy named A.W. Tozer said God can't use a man unless he wounds him deeply I believe that to be true that through our experiences and walking in life, that through our difficulties, that, that is where we know and experience and our faith, the f- the rubber of our faith hits the road of life. I want you to see that we would have missed out on knowing God if we don't walk by faith, if we don't admit to moving, if we don't acknowledge that faith involves obedience. A guy named Eric Lydell, who cost himself a gold medal in a sport in 19... 24 in the Olympics, he wouldn't run because he was a Christian. They were having one of the trials for his best event. He was a runner, and they were having one of the tri- one of the the contest was on a Sunday. He would not run because he was a strict Sabbatarian, which means he did not work on or did not do anything on Sunday. That he ended up winning a gold medal later on for running at a different event, which wasn't his specialty. He said, "This I believe God made me for a purpose, but He also made me fast." when I run I feel his presence God is there it's an objective fact God is God is (laughs) eternal Something can 't come from nothing; he is there; he exists, and he is a rewarder of those who uh, of good, as we talked in Hebrews. He is the creator, he is the one who sent Jesus Jesus is god 's son, He is risen and reigning he paid the price for sins. All of those things are true. you can know them intellectually and not know them experientially and not know God because it 's by trusting in the finished work of Jesus and walking by faith that we experience. God and his moving. And the Apostle Paul, who left all of his Judaism behind and all of the things the world had to offer to be a a messenger for Christ, here's what he says in Philippians 3, 7 through 11, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus or Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake I have suffered loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I might know him and the power. What is that? That I might know him through all my trials through my faith which has led me into these trials and following him that i might know him and the power of his resurrection and i might share in his sufferings becoming like him to his death that by any means possible i may attain to the resurrection of the dead and so here is the good news why should why do you need to admit that you need to move and why should you follow him because in following him in faith you come to know him and there is something far greater than happiness and wealth here on the earth and Doing what you want and kicking all the things off your bucket list. There is the best thing ever, which is knowing God in Christ. And if you don't walk in faith and you don't leave where you are, you'll never fully experience it. And God is better than the best thing on this earth. And so I want us to sing and ask for wisdom. And so I'm gonna invite, I'm gonna invite well Clint's already up here, he's there. And we're just gonna take a moment, we're gonna sing before we take our offering. So if you would stand. We're just gonna to respond to God. And if you would, if this is your heart, as we sing, let this be your time of saying, Yes, Lord, move me. Yes, Lord, move me. Yes, Lord, move me.
1: You are wisdom on imagine. Who could understand your ways? Reigning high above the heavens Reaching down in endless grace You're the lifter of the lowly Compassionate and kind You surround and you uphold me and your promises are my delight, your plans are still to prosper, you've not forgotten us, you're with us in the fire and the flood. Faithful That again you're faithful forever perfect.